0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of That's Entertaining. I remembered it this time. You know what I could Mayor say? Lee. You know what I could say? <laughs> I could exclaim, "Mission accomplished!" <laughs> as I, as I, you know, smack down this table here. <laughs> but anyway, there there has to be something in each movie, right? I mean, that you just kind of have to call it. Oh, of course. So, again, listener, this is our third of our pre-recorded podcasts. I will currently, I think, be maybe... No, I'll be in British Columbia somewhere at this point, And Alex will be back in the, the States. But we will return to you with a full episode next week that you usually listen to with what we're entertained by, this and that. But I will share a quick anecdote with you. I was... I decided to change my oil last night, about 11 o'clock at night. Probably not the best idea to do it that late at night anyway. But, change my oil. Okay, good. Then I went to go ahead and rotate the tires. So I put these two little things, uh, like little stops under the car, which should stop a car from falling and killing you if you're underneath of it.
1: But... I don't like where this is going.
0: I let the hydraulic jack go down to, to rest on those things, which is catches it for a little bit. And then they proceed to crumble. So... These little stoppers that should have saved my life if my car would ever decide to drop down. Yeah, I I could have died last night, just to let you know. Wow. So I was gonna try to change the you know, put the jack down, then jack at the back to do the tire rotation, but yeah, I'm I'm just gonna let that slide for now. And just be glad that nothing else worse happened.
1: Wow, definitely.
0: So that's what I've been entertained by in the past night. <laughs> <laughs> Anything, Alex, to share other than this movie review?
1: Uh, Honestly, no. I've been so busy getting ready to go on my trip. Uh, I just caught, you know, a a very late showing of Ghost Protocol last night. A very late uh, showing? A very late showing. It was like, it was about one in the morning.
0: Yeah. So, let's just go ahead and get into it, right? Let's do it. I'm going to have you just tell me your entire thoughts about this movie because I think we're going to probably be pretty much the same on our thoughts in this movie. From what I understand from our previous two, or previous three, sorry, discussions, we've been pretty in line. Mm-hmm. So, Alex, tell me your thoughts on Mission Impossible, not for, Ghost Protocol. Ghost
1: Protocol. Well, I, I like the name, right? And before you hear what the name is explained to be, Ghost Protocol is basically disavowing the IMF, which is what happens in the film. That's kind of what it centralizes around, right? Um, initial reactions... Again, it's it's a very good successor of the series, as opposed to Mission Impossible Two. I still rank three higher. Really, I do. So it's three Ghost Protocol, two and one. Judging by your uh your reaction, we might uh, be a little uh in you know in the opposite here, but um, overall, I thought it was a good movie. I was very entertained by it. Do you want me to go through the story?
0: So, I, mean, I mean, we don't have to go through the story or anything, but just like, you know, the, the, the scenes that stuck out to you. Uh,
1: the uh, scene where he's climbing the glass building yeah. in Dubai. That was really good. That was shot in IMAX,
0: too. Did you see this movie in the theater? I did not. So I saw this movie at an IMAX showing, which, okay. if you've seen a movie that has IMAX scenes, right. they're... Really good high definition and good quality to fill up the entire screen mm-hmm. of an IMAX presentation. That was one of the scenes that was shot in it. It looked amazing.
1: I bet. It looked really cool. Um, and, I mean, I was on the edge of my seat. Even though I had seen it before, I don't really remember seeing it before, but I was on the edge of my seat, especially when one of his gloves started failing mm-hmm. to, you know, stick to the wall. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. And then on top of that, you have the sandstorm coming behind him. It was just, that was probably my favorite uh, part of the whole movie was what happened in Dubai um, they uh, showed some pretty cool uh, technology the, uh, the, the eye contact the eye scanner uh, thing yeah we all need that
0: so they had the scanner and they had the copier the copier <laughs> so they had the scanner for the one guy at the, at the beginning you oh know, yeah he was scanning all the face, yeah. faces and they had the copier for Jeremy, Jeremy Renner who was making copies of those pages and they were printing out in that suitcase yeah. or briefcase
1: mm-hmm. yeah very cool Very cool. Um, So those are the things that kind of stuck out to me, and then obviously the ending was, um, you know, pretty nice twist on the end. Mm -hmm. Um, I I I didn't remember any interaction with his wife prior to seeing this movie, and the way that the third one ended, it kind of made you think that he was riding off into the sunset, right? Right. And um, it was just I don't know. It was kind of assumed that she was dead, you know, for the majority of the film, and then you come to find out, you know. It's not quite as it seems. I don't know. I won't throw any spoilers in there.
0: This is a spoiler right. discussion. She's
1: not dead, guys. <laughs> She's alive. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it's just kind of one of those things where it, at this point, you know, we're at the fourth film in the series for Ethan Hunt's character. Is it kind of too Jack Bauer-like in 24? It, it, is it too many? How many times can this happen to one person? Or it's like no matter what he does... He always ends up doing the same thing that he quote doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. How many times? You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Tom Cruise is good as always. Um, the long hair is back. Kind of, yeah. It it's it's fine. It was uh, it was controlled, <laughs> right? I mean, he had it. He had it fixed up. It wasn't John in everywhere, but. Um, <laughs> Like I said, it was it was a, a better successor to 3-1 uh, and one than I think um, 2 was, definitely. 2 still feels very disconnected uh, from the series to me, but um, I still rank 3 higher, and I think the reason is Philip Seymour Hoffman. I, I didn't get a really good villain out of this movie. Yeah,
0: I, I can see that. I mean, he really didn't get a good villain you had that the there guy that different wanted...
1: groups going on and and it was like you know because they would come in and out you know you had the assassin at the beginning which opening is a good character very the opening
0: good. scene was amazing very good the the opening scenes on each movie obviously just keep getting better and mm-hmm. better they're Makes like TV
1: series openings yeah they you know what I mean? suck you right in they'd, exactly and then
0: you had like the credit card come up you know, or not credit yep. card, the, the opening credits the title card
1: it was most noticeable I think in the first one during the opening credits that it was based off of a TV, a TV show but mm-hmm. um Yeah, there were just, I don't know, just filtering the different groups in and out. I don't know. It kind of didn't make me care too much about the villain.
0: Yeah, and you had the one main bad guy, right? You had, this was more of a James Bond kind of, the world's going to end plot. But he Mm -hmm. didn't really have a demand. He just wanted to destroy the world, right? He just wanted to see this nuclear bomb go off and just destroy the world. And, you know, like you said, how many times can he keep doing this and doing this? They kind of had that little line in the movie is like, you know, these people are going around like nothing happened. They don't even know that they almost just died and things like that. So yeah, that's the cover is that it doesn't have to be every time he's the center of attention and doing anything because the general populace doesn't know who Ethan Hunt is. Right. You know, he's not like he's very public about all his stuff that he's doing to save everybody. He's just clandestine in his operations. Right. So interesting um, take on it there, but I do think that in my opinion, now, I think, yeah, your, your villain character, your foil, best foil so far in the series is three. By far. So, that put aside, everything else, I would put this movie on top. Okay. And because of everything else, you know, the technology use, mm-hmm. the acting, the, the the good good plot twists in this one, the good writing, and was there even a mask in this
1: one? They showed one in the background, uh, from what I remember. There was one in the background. I I don't remember where he was. He was like in one of the workstations, and you could see a mask in the background on the desk. They didn't use a mask, but it wasn't used. Yeah, so they
0: didn't. Obviously, in two, you had the game of masks. You know, the the many faces game. Everywhere in three, you had a couple. Uh, you had someone in one. This one, you don't have any. You have him going in as a disguise, not wearing a whole mask. They even called that out. Right. You know, just going in as a disguise in the Russian. Why which do you I think they that did scene. that? You know, I think there was a. There could have been a lot of outcry that everything is just always about masks. I mean, that outcry should have come after two, if that is the case. But, you know, I think it really worked their, to their favor this time because they didn't have to rely on the masks. Yeah.
1: he And they both looked really good. I bought it.
0: Mm-hmm. So I did enjoy that scene where they just infiltrated, and they were the the Russian, uh, you know, dignitary or not general guy, and he's like, "I'm major whatever. I got a scanner ID." And he's like, "What was your name, Private?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, he's like, like,
1: "You should really know your boss." He the way that he portrayed the general is very spot on, just the way that he interacted with him, even after he scanned it, right, and and his ID cleared, he just takes it, looks at him, and walked away. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's just brilliant. It was very good. Very well done. Mm-hmm. And then the minute that he walks out of the building, right, he switches his coat inside out, puts his glasses on. Uh-huh. Civilian in five seconds. Yeah. It was awesome.
0: So, I mean, it just goes to show that it just, it doesn't always have to be a game of masks. It doesn't have to be just, what can we do this time with a mask to kind of throw the audience? Right. They did plot twists that didn't rely on that crutch, mm-hmm. which were really well done. And he had the, you know, um, I forget the, the Big Wade's name that was with Jeremy Renner when we first met him that ended up getting shot in the head.
1: The secretary? Yeah. Of, uh, is it supposed to be the secretary of state? Or it must be, like,
0: the state? secretary of, like, IMF or something. Oh, okay. Because, like, like, we get a, a new person in that role each time, it seems. So we had, like, Anthony Hopkins, and we had Morpheus, and then we had Morpheus, yeah. <laughs> And then we have this guy who I like. I like the portrayal in this character. Mm-hmm. Really cool. You know, and I figured, you know, that was a... a twist right there, is that he got shot, and that I figured that at that point he was going to have him, you know, you're going to hit me, you're going to hit him, you're going to break out of this car, you're going to run away. But no, I mean, the car gets hit, they get attacked, the secretary oh, yeah. dies, definitely. and then Jeremy Renner's character kind of joins up with Ethan, and they go.
1: It definitely throws you off course as a viewer, right, when he's telling you the story in the car of... Unofficially, what Ethan's going to do, like he's not going to take him back as he's been instructed to. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's if the head of the IMF has initiated Ghost Protocol anyway, I mean, what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What what whose orders are they under? they they've been disavowed. Right. So, but I mean, he's more or less just saying, hey, you know, I really valued you as a friend. I thought you're a really good agent, and I know that, you know, you're trying to do everything that you can for your team, mm-hmm. right? So let's talk
0: about them being disavowed. What you know, they're. There's a couple things that we haven't touched on that I really thought were really well done and I liked a lot. Okay. A, the the prison sequence, which was after the opening sequence, you know, where he's breaking out of the prison and everything's just going. I thought that was really Where he busts good. the other
1: guy out, yeah. right? He goes back against, and they throw a little comedy in there, mm-hmm. right, where Benji won't open the door for him. He just kind of leans up against the rail. He's like, really, you're just going to stand there? Really? Uh-huh. So I did. I liked that a lot, too.
0: So that was really good, and then you get to the, the whole break-in of the the Kremlin with that little mm-hmm. uh, projection kind of hologram kind of hallway thing. That's that what had. I
1: forgot to mention. That was a really cool piece of technology mm-hmm. that they introduced in the movie.
0: Yeah, and it seems plausible, too, honestly, the way that they, that they have it there.
1: I don't know if it would quite look as seamless as they made it look. It could. It, but, I mean, w- you really started to get a good glimpse of it when they showed... It being put into place, or when it started malfunctioning and mm-hmm. the the view started to glitch out a little bit, that's when it looked that that's when it looked believable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not when they looked down the hall and it was pretty obvious they were looking down a an open hall. Right. But yeah.
0: <laughs> so, like that was really cool. The infiltration there, and then they the the whole piece that causes them to get disavowed is the explosion at the Kremlin. Right. Right. So, this explosion though isn't caused by Ethan and his team, but it's the other guy who's stealing the codes who's doing this to cover his tracks. Mm-hmm. So, and I thought that was really cool too how you kind of saw that one scene where that guy is walking in the hall and then that callback later. Really well done, I yeah. think to to bring it into because the the character that we walked down the hall there, he stood out to me at the beginning. I didn't remember this character at all when I watched the film this past time. And it stood out to me as like that guy doesn't fit in. He's not a Russian. He's kind of just a weird guy. And then a call back later when Ethan's explaining what happened, and that was really good. And he kind of got a little bit of a Jason Bourne type thing that happens when he tries to escape that hospital after the explosion. Mm-hmm. That kind of reminded me a lot of, of uh, Bourne supremacy, maybe, when he's escaping a similar situation. Sure. And then you got the people that are chasing after him, and then the people that are chasing after him aren't bad people they are Russians that are tracking down those people that they assume to have attacked the the United States or the Kremlin. Right. So, you know, I love how that whole plot line kind of resolves too when he has the guy call him and say, Hey, you are gonna want to be here at this time because you're not gonna believe what's gonna happen. Yeah. Type thing. So really cool, but the set pieces, like you said, are were amazing in this film. He had the the Dubai, just that that whole him climbing thing with the mm-hmm. with the glove and everything. That that was really good. That was effective. And then, while that or after that happened, you had that transaction that took place simultaneously. They were trying to be both people because they didn't know who each other was. Right. And then, it was really well done.
1: Right. And you talk about the really nice set pieces, right? Mm -hmm. And the special effects. Would you say that they were better than Mission Impossible Three? Yeah. Okay. I think so. And they had a nice fancy car. Oh,
0: right. They didn't blow someone up.
1: Right. Well, yeah.
0: Well, didn't. Or did they crash this one? I don't remember what happened to that this car actually.
1: I I don't. I just remember seeing it and thinking, hot, dang. Yeah.
0: And then he <laughs> he drove a BMW off of the the thing at that one end. But I mean, it's a Beamer. Who cares? Right. But yeah.
1: <laughs> but okay. So you take all of that and you put it together. Right. This movie costs less than Mission Impossible three. Really. One hundred and forty five million, as opposed to the hundred and fifty million that MI three cost to make.
0: And if I were to hazard a guess, I would say this one. Probably made more money.
1: Uh, I don't remember the exact number the Mi Three made. It was in the five hundred million dollar range. This one made six ninety four point seven million. Okay. Million, so quite a bit more. It's still, it's still though. When you look at it, it's not quite the margins that you're. You know, Jurassic Park, right? Sixty three right. million to a a billion dollars in revenue. Mm-hmm. It's not well, quite that, but you have to keep in mind there are four. I mean, I guess Jurassic. We're not even going to talk about that right, anymore, because exactly. I'll just go on and on.
0: And that was a 93 movie, and things were a little different back then. Of course. So, with with this movie, right, you had more stars in it than the last movie. You had Jeremy Renner, who's a burgeoning star at right. that point. I mean, I think he had done Avengers. He had definitely done Thor. I can't remember if Avengers came out before this or after It was this.
1: 2011, so it was either right before so or right after So, Avengers was yeah. right before
0: this. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, Avengers was right after this, because right. that was 2012. Um, and this was 2011, so he had been in Thor, I think, the same year. Mm-hmm. So people kind of knew that he was Hawkeye. He was kind of the, the growing star at that point. He'd probably recently signed on for the Bourne movie that he did, which is probably 2013 or so, maybe 2012, yeah. somewhere around there as well. So Jeremy Renner, probably the second biggest star in this movie. Um, Simon Pegg is a known quantity in this film, too, because I think before this, there was the Star Trek reboot where he was Scotty, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, he, he's been around, right? Well, he's I been mean, around, but, In other you know, those English films, but, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I know Simon Pegg, and I think a lot of Americans do.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I'll, my thoughts personally on him aside, he plays the same character every movie he's in. He's always running around just kind of the comic relief guy, you know? Yeah, uh, Exact same character. Like, Scotty and this Benny character is the same character. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. So... They're very similar. I mean you can only act I mean when you're English, you know what I mean. Your accent only goes one way. Right? <laughs> I,
0: I know an Englishman who may argue with that. <laughs> so this movie, like I said, I would rank them honestly, Ghost Protocol number one. Three, two, one. And I still think you could probably put, you know, Mission Impossible Two in this movie as well as maybe while he was dreaming while he was in prison for mm-hmm. that four months or whatever, yeah, while he was growing you go. his hair out. Yeah.
1: Because he was dreaming about having long hair and everything. Well, he's thinking, remember when I shocked myself, okay, let's go, let's you know try to sleep and get beat up in prison, right? And you know maybe I'll have the same dream, but this time I'm going to grow my hair out. We're going to make it a reality. Yeah.
0: So, I I think that this movie, from from go, from go till end, or till mission accomplished, you know, I think was a, a all around better movie from all perspectives villain was lacking mm-hmm. but when you compare like let's say you have four pillars you know you have technical you have acting you have mm-hmm. villain you have plot this one was the highest average above all of them in my opinion
1: what did you think of his team in this one as opposed to the last one because Luther came in but only at, at, the, the, end, very end. End. at the very end yeah. very end Simon Pegg was and Benji was in the last one right mm-hmm. um
0: but he was just a um, an operative or not operative, but like a, a lab coat guy. He was
1: like a, yeah, a technician or of some kind, yeah, something like that. Now he's a field operative, which was kind of cool to see. A little unbelievable, Simon Pegg, right? But mm-hmm. you know, um, but I mean, the biggest difference is that Ving Rhames wasn't a part of it for the majority of the film, like he was previously. And well, the one character that switched out was Zen. Uh, was Maggie Q's character. For this other Right, and I misspoke last week. I was looking and I thought that she was in this film. Actually, she's in the upcoming film.
0: She's in... Maggie Maggie Q is in Rogue Nation? Rogue
1: Nation. I'll have to triple check on that. But yeah, that's what I was looking at last week when I said that. So, I mean, what did you think about the switch in female? (laughs) The female character on the team. I don't know how else to put that. So
0: are you implying that all females are just interchangeable, Alex? The female lead. (laughs) (laughs) i thought so last week with her she was really well done uh and i thought that it would be nice to have it in this same one his same team that he's familiar with but it makes sense Mm -hmm. to have a new person in this team to introduce another person to the crew um aside from you know storytelling i wonder if they tried to get her but she was busy doing something else at the time and couldn't Right, and, and
1: I lied again. She's not in the upcoming Rogue Nation. What do you, ta- <laughs> you even talking about? I don't about? know what I was looking at.
0: <laughs> so, but I, I am looking forward to Rogue Nation because, I mean, you, you look at these movies, and in my perspective, each one gets progressively better. They each have their strengths. So you look at, you look at Mission Impossible. Strength is that it's a spy movie. Oh yeah! All the espionage that's taking place—that's that is the strength of that movie. Yep. Mission Possible Two is an action movie. Plain and simple action movie with really we won't go into that. We already did. So that's an action movie. Number three is a good character-driven movie with yeah. the villains. The you know the relationship between Ethan and his wife.
1: And that's why I think I like it more. It strikes me as a more complete film, um, just from a from a. You know, he's a real guy kind of perspective, not just a super IMF agent mm-hmm. type guy. Um, but in, in no way am I saying that Ghost Protocol is, you know, a downward trend for the series. You know what I mean? I just prefer three over Ghost Protocol. Right. And yes, it, it's, it's upward ever since Mission Impossible 1. It's been up. So um, I'm very excited for Rogue Nation as well.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you look at Rogue Nation coming out uh, after watching these three films, and... Honestly, after watching Mission Impossible the first one, I was like, eh, "Maybe I'm not as excited for this as I am. Maybe I misremembered something about Mission Impossible." Mm-hmm. But then, as you watched, you're like, "Oh yeah, these are what I liked." But you really, and like I said, my theory of Mission Impossible one, then three, then Ghost Protocol, and then Mission Impossible two is a fever dream that happens somewhere in between. I, I'm, and I'm thinking now that it's, since he has long hair in this movie, it should take place while he's dreaming in a prison. <laughs> he probably got beat up and was knocked out for a while, and that's when that took place. Because, I mean, it's completely, uh, completely there. So, but I do like the fact that you have the little cameo. So, but literally, that little in-bit in Seattle. You have the cameo where he's talking to Luther, and he says something about see you in some place. So it sounds like there is another mission that they're going on, and I doubt it's related to this upcoming film, but it could be. It could be the opening
1: mission, as a a regular, not as a cameo or anything like that. As a rated
0: member. Yep. So maybe like the opening mission is will tie into this. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to see what they do with the story going on because you know from one to two there was no cohesive storyline. Right, not really.
1: Well, even from two to three, it was just two. Yeah, you just not take even, two out of it. Take that's why two is a fever dream that yeah. happens somewhere.
0: <laughs> so between you know all these cohesive lines, you have a story that builds from one, three, Ghost Protocol, his team. He gets more familiar with these different people that you're introduced to. Right. Um, and you understand that you know he's trained people in the past, and now I guess he's just fully committed to the agency again. He wanted to retire at the end of the last one, so I. I would like to have known what happened to really bring him back into the IMF, I'm going to be a secret agent again, mentality.
1: Well, let me let me read you the premise of Rogue Nation. Have you read the premise? I don't think so. Rogue Nation? Okay. So I'm going to read it to you. It's very short. The IMF agency comes under threat from the Syndicate. It's a near mythical organization of assassins and rogue operatives who kill to order. Faced with IMF's disbandment, Ethan Hunt assembles his team for their final and most difficult mission. So this is going to, that tells me
0: that this, uh, this is not a spoiler. This is me conjecting, conject, conjecting, because of your plot similar, yep. plot similar, uh synapses, the words, whatever, <laughs> I can't talk right now, is that Ving Rams will die.
1: Okay. I could see it. Someone on the team will die.
0: Someone important will die. Easily. Jeremy Renner or Ving Rhames, one of them will die. I don't
1: know. We don't feel as much for Jeremy Renner yet. We're I still think more you for Ving might.
0: You know, so Ving Rhames, it, I think they were probably aligning him to t- kind of take over the franchise, but he's almost the same age as Tom Cruise is at this point. I think Tom Cruise wants to get to the point where he's the, the leader of the IMF, but I don't even know if he'll ever allow himself to get to that point. He but again, wants though, to we're,
1: we're again, though, here we're at the dilemma, right? After the IMF in Ghost Protocol was initiated right at the end of the movie they proved that it wasn't ex- it wasn't IMF's hands that blew up the Kremlin mm-hmm. so everybody rejoices and the IMF is back in you know whatever and then all of a sudden here we go again they're faced with disbandment
0: mm-hmm. so
1: how many times yeah how many times can we do this
0: yeah, but it looks like our time is running thin on this episode. We will have to catch up next time when we talk about Ant-Man.
1: Alec Baldwin's ahead of the CIA and Rogue Nation.
0: There you go. <laughs> so <laughs> we will catch you next time. I'm on Twitter at Sith Nightmare. You can hit us up at Pod. That's entertaining at gmail.com, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all that stuff.
1: Alex? I'm on Twitter as well at A-D-O-U-E-1-H-1, also on Xbox Live, minus the at sign.
0: All right, sounds good. We'll be back with Ant-Man next, and we'll see you guys next time. We hope that you have been entertained.
1: entertained.